Welcome to Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. I'm Luann Crane here with your host, psychologist and best-selling author, Dr. James Dobson, along with Ryan Dobson. And Ryan, as we head into a week of celebration here, honoring America's history, we as a people need to be on our knees, earnestly praying for this nation. Well, Luann, uh, now more than ever before, too. Uh, and today on the program, we'll be discussing just the vital importance of prayer itself and how to specifically hone in on that. Well, I think our nation uh, really fails to realize the importance of prayer. It should be such a part of our everyday lives that it becomes second nature. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Well, the Bible says pray without ceasing. There you go. Because it becomes second nature that you do it all the time. Well, as parents, we need to be seriously praying for our government and the future of our children. But Ryan, we also need to be teaching our children to pray as well. Well, we have two very special guests on the broadcast to help us do that. And they are also two of the most important people in my Mm -hmm. dad's life. One of them is my mom. She is amazing. She's Mm -hmm. been involved with the National Day of Prayer for over 20 years now. And our second guest is a very good friend of your dad's, Dr. Chuck Swindoll. He's a successful pastor and author who's written well over 70 books. 70. uh, Seven zero. Ooh. As if he wasn't busy enough already, Ryan, he also continues to serve as chancellor at Dallas Theological Seminary. Well, Dr. Swindoll's latest book, Saying It Well, Touching Others with Your Words, was actually released earlier this year. And uh, you can connect with us online at drjamesdobson.org for more information on how to get a copy of that book. And Ryan, here's a fun thought. Dr. Swindoll and his wife, Cynthia, just celebrated their 57th wedding anniversary in June. They have four adult children and a whopping 10 grandchildren. Wow. And what's even more exciting is they'll be welcoming two new grandbabies into their family more towards the end of this year. I like that. So needless to say, the Swindolls have a lot of excitement surrounding them. And his wife, Cynthia, still serves as the president of Insight for Living. That's the ministry they started 33 years ago. Mm. Uh, From what you can tell, they have no plans for slowing down. You can can see that. Well, they are having the time of their lives Mm -hmm. for sure. It's very obvious. Let's dive right into the conversation now as my dad welcomes our guests on this Family Talk broadcast. Well, with us today is the chairwoman of the National Day of Prayer, Shirley Dobson. And uh, welcome back, Cheryls. It's very good to be back, Jim. Thank uh, you. Well, the other guest is my great friend of 30 years, Dr. Chuck Swindoll. He's the founder and senior pastor of Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas, and is the author of many, many Christian books, one of the most loved uh, authors in the country. In fact, he holds more gold medallion awards which means something to authors, I can tell you. He holds more of them than any other Christian author to date, and that's quite a statement. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Mm. I'm glad to be with you, Jim and Shirley. It's going to be a great time together. Chuck, I uh, I checked the record today, and uh, you were a guest on this program for the first time in 1981, 20- I was a very I was a very young man back then. <laughs> very young and uh, with filled with promise, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know about that. I was a very young man. You know, none of this seems uh, all that real. You talk about a friendship that's been really for more than 30 years, and yeah. uh, it honestly seems like last year we were uh-huh. sitting there in that little restaurant in Long Beach and. The four of us, you and Shirley and Cynthia and I, were laughing about so many things. Our kids were all real small, and you had started this brand-new radio ministry. And and we had met at a conference, you may remember, in Seattle. 
And uh, you said, let's get together, and I actually followed up on that. So we had some great time. It's been great ever since. Chuck, going back to that first visit in 1981, uh, I wonder if you remember what the subject of that interview was. Okay, it's going to be an absolute guess, but I'm going to guess something about the family. Uh, marriage, home, family. Yeah, you're right. How's that for a guess? It was about marriage, and I think okay. I think it was, uh, I believe it was before you uh, published Strike the Original Match. Oh, oh, okay. So I think you were thinking those in those terms right. uh, at that time. But it was a wonderful program, and it was the beginning of a great uh, friendship. Well, thank you. You know, Jim. Chuck, I have to tell a story about you and Jim. I think as you're aging, uh, you're getting to look more like each other. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but anyway, this lady got on the plane, and she was coming down the aisle, and she spotted Jim, and she recognized him, and she stopped and said, Oh, 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 I know who you are. You're... You're, you're Chuck Swindoll. <laughs> we I got, all had I got a good laugh about that. I got a better story than that, Shirley. I'm in front of our church meeting folks as they walk by, and one lady walks up and says, she had been there through the whole message. She says, oh, Dr. Dobson, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your ministry. She says, I've got your book here, and I'd like for you to sign it. It was one of your books, Jim. And so oh, I said, sure, give me the book. I signed it. She said, oh, thank you, Dr. Dobson. I've waited half my life to meet you. And I signed your book. Well, the after whole, all, the whole message, is... she thought she was listening to Jim Dobson. This is radio and not television, so I, I guess it's a natural mistake uh, to make. Uh, Shirley, speaking of the passage of time, did you know in 1991 that this is going to be the rest of your life that you were signing up for? <laughs> no, I didn't. In fact, Vonette had the National Day of Prayer for eight years, so I figured, well, six or seven years, you know, that would be a, a good ministry. If I had known it, I would have run down the street screaming, scared to death. <laughs> but the Lord still has his hand in your back. Apparently, apparently yeah. so. That's often the way it is. The great things God plans, we go into it reluctantly and not knowing most of what's ahead and nothing of what's ahead but not knowing most of what it will require well had we known all of those things we probably would have never done it the the greatest honor for us chuck is that the lord obviously had a plan and i think for the three of us he had a plan that's been unfolding ever since uh surely i want to uh, explain on your behalf that there is no self-serving aspect to the National Day of Prayer. Uh, you're not trying to build a big organization or create some kind of legacy uh, with this outreach. It is what it is. It's a deeply felt desire to call the nation to prayer on behalf of the people and their leaders and the military and their families and their churches. Uh, you and I, Shirley, are very concerned about our country right now, not only with regard to our security as a nation, but um, relevant to the what we see as the retreat from morality and righteousness that is just gaining momentum. Uh, Chuck, are you reading the culture that way too? Yes, there's no doubt about it, Jim. I, I just actually returned from a, one of the few conferences I do each year and this was uh, one that is for flag officers and their spouses, for people from Capitol Hill, for ambassadors that are in the D.C. area, to come apart and to be together and to share their lives and to enter into each other's experiences. 
and I get the heartbeat of what is happening inside the Beltway by being there, and there is a definite drift away from things eternal. There is no doubt in my mind. Oh, I was thinking, as Shirley spoke a moment ago about prayer and the value of it, remember the the days following 9-11? Yes. I mean, we didn't even have to announce. Everybody was calling our church saying, when are we going to get together and meet? And we opened our doors to a time of prayer. We didn't have to guide anybody. We didn't have to explain to anybody. The place was packed that following Sunday with people whose hearts were beating heavily for the protection of our people and for the guidance for our nation and praying for our president and asking for protection from terrorism. I mean, it just, it came in like a flood. Mm. It's interesting that they didn't want an organization. They didn't need a big plan. They just said, we need a place to pray. Yes. And I'll tell you, we could have prayed for four hours. Mm. The spirit that was in that meeting, we still talk about it. It was electric. Now, when I'm with these folks that I was with at this conference, believe me, they are at the cutting edge of decision-making, both as politicians and military uh, strength. These are people who make decisions, and it, in fact, it, it impacts thousands of lives. And I'll tell you, these men and women that gather are people of prayer. They're the first to say, we may have stars on our shoulders, we may have the rank that causes other people to salute, or we may have a, a role in Congress that, that people admire, but we all need to say to each other, and we admit it, our needs are totally in the hands of God. And so we, we call on God for that. You know, Chuck, I just returned uh, from Washington and uh, I had a chance to meet uh, with the kind of people you're talking about, yeah. uh, some of them in, on Capitol Hill, some of them in the White House and otherwise. And uh, I, I saw concern everywhere I went uh, for the, the uh, nation and its national sovereignty, and I heard it over and right. over again. Furthermore, in the last... A uh, couple of weeks, uh, my heart has been burdened, I mean heavy, as I have seen reports of spring break activities and oh, yeah. the debauchery and the uh, sexual immorality and the drugs and the alcohol and things that are occurring, and everybody seems to think that's okay. Uh, it just is further evidence to me that we're in a moral crisis in this yeah. country. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Mm. And when we read, even from ancient days, that God's people are to humble themselves and pray and seek yeah. God's face to have the nation healed, we realize this is nothing new. It has been on a long drift. The yeah. fallen nature of humanity is increasingly more evident, and it's now impacting our government, the ranks of the military, even churches across the land, uh, the need for us to come back to that promise is incredibly important. It's of highest importance. And Jim, you said when you came back from Washington that no one, neither political party, had an answer for the problems that we face. Mm. And it's because it's it's not 
a military problem. That's correct. It's not a governmental problem. It's a problem of the heart. It's a spiritual problem. This battle that we're waging is a spiritual battle, and it can only be fought on our knees. And I wonder what it's going to take for the American people to realize that it's going to take a city that's going to be wiped out before we realize that, you know, we we can't handle this on our own. We don't have the know-how. We don't have the weaponry. It is beyond us. Only God can solve this problem, and prayer is the hope for our nation. And my heart this year is that people will gather and put a prayer shield around this nation to protect it. You and I have been praying about that in our personal prayer time, praying for this country, praying for our president, praying for our leaders on Capitol Hill, praying for the military. And you frequently refer to that prayer shield, that comes from Psalms, doesn't it? Yes, it does. In Psalms, it says, the shields of the earth belong to the Lord. And I believe on 911 that he lifted that shield just enough so we could look evil right in the face and see what could really happen if he ever removed that shield from our nation. That's why it is so important for us to get on our knees and and come before him in humility and repentance and beg him for mercy because uh, the Bible also says, in your wrath, Lord, remember mercy. Uh, Chuck, you have written a book called So You Want to Be Like Christ, Eight yes. Essentials to Get You There. Mm-hmm. And you talk about prayer in this book. Uh, we don't have time for you to list the eight essentials, but sure. give us a summary of the message of this book. Well, uh, I think it was important. Uh, it was important then, and it still is to me, that people understand that godliness doesn't come automatically. It doesn't just flow out of one's life, no matter how much one may love the Lord. Uh, I think there is the necessity for us to understand we must carry out responsibilities that are commanded of us in the Scriptures. Uh, And I I touch on eight of those areas, and you're right, one of them is prayer, uh, which I simply call calling out. And another is humility, bowing low. And the reason I wrote the book is because I think in this drift we've talked about, uh, we become proud people. Uh, We begin to operate independently. We complicate our lives with things that aren't essential. The tyranny of the urgent wins the day, and and silence is the things that are important. We are not a people of of self-control. We are not a people who surrender, who release our grip. On, uh, on our rights. I think it was Lou Holtz, the coach, mm. who said 25 years of coaching, he's the one that led Notre Dame to 100 victories in 10 years. He said, in my years of coaching, the difference between the athlete then and now, back then the athlete came with the desire to carry out his responsibilities and, and good teamwork as a player. Now it's all about rights and privileges. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Well, Even on the athletic field, back then it was about how can I work with this team and, and we together win this game. Now it's these are my rights. These are my privileges. A spirit of entitlement that has wrapped itself around us like, like tentacles. And so I wrote the book so people would understand becoming like Christ is not something that's just going to take place because you get older or because you've been in the church all your life. It will take place when you begin to apply the disciplines of the Christian life, Uh, simplicity and surrender and whatever. 
Well, Chuck, some of those uh, 100 victories came at the expense of my beloved USC. Yeah, I knew so, you mentioned that. <laughs> so Lou Holtz is a, is a friend of mine because I've forgiven him for some of that. But uh, Oh, my. Well, I, I think our listeners can feel our hearts here. If there could be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, calling out to God, Uh, Mm. saying, Lord, we have no resources that can deal with the uh, problems that we're facing. Uh, Mm. There is only one answer, and that answer is a revival, a return, a renewal uh, to the uh, uh, spiritual uh, principles and understandings that have guided us and guided this country uh, from Mm. the days of the founding fathers. That's right. We shouldn't just be praying for our nation on one day. We should be praying regularly for our nation. And uh, National Day of Prayer does have um, a program called Freedom Five, where we're asking people to spend five minutes a day praying for five centers of power, the government, the media, education, church, and the family, because we interact with some of those segments every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a way we can keep our country and those uh, centers of power before the Lord mm-hmm. in prayer. If people want to know more about the National Day of Prayer, they can log on to www.nationaldayofprayer.org and um, find out all kinds of information. Hmm. Chuck, in a world of spiritual confusion, uh, where even many churches seem to have forgotten what uh, uh, Christianity is all about, I'm not indicting anybody, but it has happened in many places. Hmm. I'm glad there is you. And I appreciate what you've done on the radio for all these years. Um, Our programs, in fact, have been back-to-back for uh, many years. And there's been a kind of partnership between us. I love you like a brother. Well, thank you, Jim. I thought about you the other day when I was reading in 1 Timothy. I thought about you and Shirley. The second chapter begins with, First of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions— and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all, for kings, for all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Aren't those great words? Oh, man, that's they, beautiful. I, I, he says, first of all, uh. that there be prayers and petitions and thanksgivings. And so I will, at this moment, step into the role of a fellow pastor and say to all of you, who are pastoring churches, remember, first of all, lead your congregations in prayer. Prayer for our nation, prayer for our men and women who lead us as cities, as uh, states, as a nation, and uh, who make these huge decisions. Pray for those who give them counsel. Chuck, I don't believe there's any more fitting way to close out this uh, program Mm. than to ask you to pray for the nation. Pray for us, Chuck. Almighty God, we pause to reflect on your character as we seek wisdom for such a time as this. Uh, In these unsafe days, you remain all-powerful and able to protect us. In these uncertain times, you remain all-knowing, leading us aright. In the unprecedented events that we're facing, you remain absolutely sovereign. Our times truly are in your hands. Therefore, Lord, 
Our dependence on you is total and not partial. Our need for your forgiveness is constant. Our gratitude for your grace is profound, and our love for you is deep. Therefore, we ask that you guard and guide our president and all who serve the people of these United States. May uncompromising integrity mark their lives. And we also ask that you unite us as truly one nation under God. May genuine humility return to our ranks. And may that blend of integrity and humility heal our land as you have promised. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. What a timely prayer as we reflect upon our nation's birthday this month. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been listening to Dr. Chuck Swindoll and Mrs. Shirley Dobson join our host for this Family Talk broadcast. And, you know, Ryan, I think it would be a pretty neat idea for listeners to connect with us on our Family Talk Facebook page and leave their own one-sentence prayer for this nation. Uh, you can look for that at Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk on Facebook. That's right. We also have a link at, doc- that's right, we also have a link at drjamesdobson.org to our Facebook page. Uh, it's also a great way for a circle of believers to come together for mm-hmm. a common cause uh, and to keep it in our minds, that we pray for our leaders and pray for our country. Mm-hmm. And while you're online, you can request Chuck Swindoll's book, which was mentioned today, and the title is So You Want to Be Like Christ, Eight Essentials to Get You There. Uh, Again, that's available at our website, drjamesdobson.org. If you'd like to call us for it, our phone number is 877-732-6825. Once again, 877-732-6825. And if you enjoy the broadcast today, uh, why not request a complimentary CD at drjamesdobson.org for either yourself or a friend. And um, here in the month of July, we're also offering a special three CD set. It's called Defending Righteousness in the Culture. So check that out as well. And it really is a great set. There are nine broadcasts with seven different guests. Uh, Dr. Bill Bennett Mm -hmm. uh, talks about America's enduring legacy. That is a classic. One of my Mm -hmm. dad's favorite subjects. Lessons for America from Winston Churchill. Oh, another of your dad's favorites. Congressman Bob McEwen, who is also one of our board members, has a program called Can I Really Understand Politics? I liked that one because he does a lot of explaining and says, yes, I can understand politics. That's right. And uh, one of my favorite guests we've ever had, pastor of First Baptist Dallas, Dr. Robert Jeffress, and his program is Being a Conservative Crusader, and there are two parts to that one. That's one no one wants to miss. That is all worth it. Of course, uh, we would love it if you would be able to send along a donation Mm -hmm. when you request that, and you can do so by calling 877-732-6825. And while you're on the line, uh, let us know the call letters of the station you listen to, or if you listen online satellite. Uh, We are on America's Talk XM Channel 166 at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 Pacific. Thanks so much for joining us today. And as we close out looking ahead to the 4th of July holiday, we're all reflecting on our freedoms and the religious liberties that are so precious to us. Many of us even reflect back on the history that we have with our own families arriving here on America's shores. So to just give you a little taste of what's in store for tomorrow with our good friend Jay Seculo, here's just a little bit of his story. I think about the fact that my own family came to the United States Not that long ago. I'm only the second generation of my family born in the United States. My grandfather came from Russia, fleeing religious persecution. He came through Ellis Island, which has always had a special place in my heart. 
was a fruit peddler in Brooklyn, New York, and his grandson in America gets to argue cases at the Supreme Court of the United States. When you, when you think about the majesty of America and the wonder of America, that's the reason. In God we trust. Not in government. Not in programs. Our founders had a very unique understanding that liberty and freedom were not the grace of government, but a gift from the Creator. That's why we are endowed with these inalienable rights. And that's why when you go through the Statue of Liberty and you see that beacon of freedom, and I think about it, my grandfather, Samuel Sekulo, Shmulek was the name in Hebrew. Sokolov is how it's pronounced in Russian. Came to the United States at 14 for freedom. And here we are today, and we're still fighting for freedom. But it is the men and women that are putting their life on the line in battlefields far away and in forts around the corner that are defending that freedom. And it's an honor to speak to you all tonight as we honor the veterans who are serving our country. And from me, and I know from all of you, to our veterans, thank you for protecting us. We honor our veterans uh, as well with Jay Sekulow, and that's just a taste of what's going to be airing tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today, and to hear more of this profound message from Jay Sekulow, tune in to the next edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. We'll see you then.